Hello and welcome to Personal Threads, the podcast about the joy of dressing up. Brought to you by Ascot, where we uncover how moments and memories from our past can inform our personal style. Each time a new guest renowned for their chic and unique dress sense will take us on a journey through their life, stopping at key moments, memories, items or people who have influenced and sewn together our guests' individual taste. Royal Ascot and Ascot Racecourse have been synonymous with fashion and style throughout its 300-year history, as well as one of the most popular events in the British summer calendar. This podcast goes behind the scenes of its guests as it celebrates panache and personal style. Allow us to introduce ourselves. I'm Susan Bender-Whitfield, a creative director, stylist and contributing editor to British Vogue. Hello, I'm Scott Wimsett and my career in TV and online has spanned almost 20 years presenting for MTV, ITN and Vogue TV as a fashion broadcaster and director. Now, our first guest for our podcast, Personal Threads, is in fact a British national treasure, deeply loved across the UK and beyond. A talent unparalleled and an incredibly varied career now spanning almost four decades. And unless you were a regular at the Vauxhall Tavern comedy circuit on Ladies' Night, our guest's first proper commercial TV appearance was on the iconic Channel 4 morning show The Big Breakfast. An absolutely pivotal moment in British TV history to where lying on a bed each morning in full drag interviewing Hollywood superstars and may I say ignoring the advice of all the producers and going straight in with the personal questions, it was a triumphant success. Won the nation over and made for TV gold and really since then the rest is history. The 90s were dominated by shows hosted by Lily Savage and as we all became used to her fronting all the major family shows and primetime viewing, Paul stepped out of drag for the very last time and has never looked back. One of the UK's funniest exports, the Paul O'Grady show welcomed guests as diverse as Lady Gaga to June Brown. And his Sunday afternoon BBC Two radio show and the UK's favourite for the love of dogs has won avid fans of university students and royalty alike. To all our listeners, you are in for a treat. Please welcome a personal hero of mine and Susan and one of the most independently stylish guys I know, Mr Paul O'Grady. Hello, Paul. Sounded like an obituary. <laughs> He's <laughs> still with us. Just when you were reading that house, I thought, oh, dear me. Is that my glittering career? <laughs> oh, the big breakfast was a nightmare. I used to have to get up at half three in the morning. Yeah, and you also were doing late nights in the circuit. I was in Prisoner of Cell Block H, the musical at the oh. Queen's Theatre at the same time. So, of course, I got home at half eleven at night. I had builders in, so I had no staircase. I had a ladder and I also had a puppy. So I'd snuggle up to bed and then the clock would go off at half three. I'd sit on the end of bed and cry. <laughs> I'd put Buster in a carrier bag and climb down the ladder and get in the car. I mean, that was really where it the was career a, was launched, I guess, from a terrestrial such, TV perspective. I'd done lots of telly before that, but it was always like half three in the morning on Channel 4 because they didn't trust me. You know? <laughs> so they're always scared of me. There's always weird little things, like Granada would do comedy night or whatever. Right, Awful. right, right. right. But I guess from a primetime TV viewing perspective, yeah, I suppose family that. viewing, all getting ready to go to work, suddenly yeah, from yeah. Paulie Yates, they yeah. saw Lily Savage yeah. interviewing Johnny Depp yeah. lying there in full drag, and it yeah. kind of worked. And what was the magic behind that? Do you think? I don't know. You, well, I took over from Paulie Yates. It was really, you just, I mean, I was always in a daze because of the hour of the <laughs> time of the day. And I got to a stage where I'd go in and say, Who's on today? And they go, Share. And I go, oh. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? 
And like you find yourself with Cher, it was a wonderful guest. She came on loads of times, really fond of Cher as a person, you know, mm-hmm. and as a performer. She'd stand in the garden in the rain and I'd run round her in full Lily Savage drag holding a sausage while they play beat the banger. Da, 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 da. And Cher said to me one morning, whatever happened to us, baby? Cher, <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> Did you ever feel that you were upstaging any of the guests? No. Lily Savage? No, no, no. At that time in the morning no. because you wore some fantastic outfits. Well, it was all sorts of bedtime gear that Martin Taylor, who was making stuff for me then. Mm. So it was all like pyjamas and negligees and weird stuff to fit in with the style of the programme because yes. the colours were very bright. It was all like a 60s Batman headquarters, yeah, yeah, the yeah. camera angles and everything. You when, know, and Denise Van Outen was there as well, wasn't she? No, she, it was Gabby when I was on ah, it. Ah, that's right. It was yeah. me and Gabby and Mark Little and then Gabby left and then Zoe Ball took over and then I left and Vanessa felt I had 18 months of it and you're in permanent jet lag because you're up so early Mm. you finish at nine which is wonderful but then you can't go back to bed because you can't sleep that night so it's this constant fight and when I was doing the theatre as well I go straight to the theatre and I've half an hour in the dressing room sleep <laughs> and then back at it again. Get I mean, do the matinee, you know, and it was a treadmill. It was endless. Yeah. When you look and do a bit of research around your career, I've jumped onto your wiki pages, and they are endless. There's so many different wiki career pages. Wiki, Wikipedia well, is Wikipedia. the greatest Wikipedia. work of you know, fiction it's ever. Comedian. Apparently, it's... I give fifty grand to the Tory party. <laughs> <laughs> if you put me on the rack, I wouldn't give you ten pence. <laughs> But it's comedian, television presenter, actor, writer, radio host. Fire eater. All of which, a fire eater. All of which have been incredibly successful. So, bit of a cliche question, but what is the secret to having so many varied parts of your career and all of them being so successfully and well received? Well, I don't know. I mean, we all have our bad times. I mean, I was working for social services. Also in a mime act as well at the time. It's called lip syncing now and it's very fashionable. And it was easy, you know. But we didn't go out and mime to a record. We'd splice all the songs together to make it like a clever tape. So we'd be doing things like Andy Pandy and Teddy and Luby Lou. <laughs> and I was Teddy. I had this big Teddy outfit and I was coming with a handbag. I don't know why, I just thought Teddy should have a handbag. <laughs> How long ago is this? Oh, God, ages ago. Over 30 odd years ago. And we did a burlesque show long before it was popular. Andrew's sisters. We did all sorts. But is there a common thread between each of these different parts of your career, be it comedian and stand-up and all the disciplines that you need from that, then being a radio host, then being a television presenter, writer? Like, you're a storyteller, I guess. Well, the thing is, for me, I like a bit of diversity, so I get bored easily. Mm -hmm. I can't sit through a film. I'm like this. I'm like a kid. And church, a bit twitchy. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's over yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm moaning. Unless it's a good old horror film, then I love them. I'm gripped. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I do get bored easily. I'm a bit peripatetic there. I'll flit from one thing to another. So when the opportunity comes yeah, along. Yeah, and I'm not scared to try things out either. Whether they win or fail, I'm not bothered. At least I've tried it and I've scratched that itch and I can move on and do something else. And that's what happened with Lily. I was working in a pub, a really rough pub called the Elephant and Castle. There was a men's hostel next door. Oh, God. There was a front bar and the back bar. The front bar was a mix of all sorts. And the back bar was all, you know, they come from the men's hostel. They'll trick Mets when they weren't on the Guinness. (laughs) And I was on that bar. (laughs) And then one night, they used to have a talent show. It was called Ladies' Night or something. Mm -hmm. And I said, I could do that, the compere. 
I was already doing an act, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't like the first time. But it was the first time actually talking. So it was like the transition from silent movies to talkies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some succeeded, some failed. That's what happened. And it was a and warm room? Like, they actually really, because they knew you, well, I guess? And... I mean, you know, the, the whole room full of hecklers and pure evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's probably a good learning Oh, it curve. is. And also, I was tanked up with whiskey. <laughs> because, like, I couldn't have gone on otherwise. And dressed, like, in the leopard skin miniskirt and all the beads and all that nonsense. And who was doing that styling? Were you just selecting and finding pieces yourself or were made helping out? I just knew. Out? I used... Because people have always said to me, well, what was she based on? Was she based on your aunts? I said, no, none of my family dressed like that. I oh, God, fearing women. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, do you ever see the film Sweet Charity with Shirley MacLaine and Sammy mm. Davis Jr.? And you've got Paula Kelly and Cheesy Rivera, all these fabulous stars in this movie. And it's about a dancehall hostess. And they sing Big Spender on the rail. Bob Fosse choreographed it. It was that look. Big hair, lots of jewellery, short skirt. Brassy. Brassy, like full on. But also with a whiff <laughs> of northern glamour thrown in there. You know? <laughs> like a wig full of rollers and a headscarf. Well, I heard your auntie Chris, she was quite influential to your oh, style. Oh, she was a host, really. She was a clippy on the bus. So she had a terrible life, my auntie Chris. And uh, she was very glamorous. Mm. The uniform, she tailor. She'd take her into fitter. Nice. So yeah. she, and she always wore the pants. She never wore the skirt. And she always had head full of rollers, and it was a whole performance, <laughs> you know, all the hair done. She had the fag on as she was doing it. And off and the face full, of makeup. Oh, full. She won't go out without a full face. And she looked fabulous. She had the lovely cheekbones. She had a look mm. at Dietrich. So when her hair was dyed blonde, she'd stand under the stairs on the bus, sucking her cheeks on it. Give it the full. <laughs> and, uh, when it was dyed red, she was Lucille Ball, so she's a bit more. <laughs> a bit... So, do you think she influenced your she personal was very, style? Uh, she was very funny and she was very dry. She could cut you to shreds with one line, literally. She cut you to shreds with a look. <laughs> we yeah. used to say she had a look, that's a sea of concrete. I mean, really. <laughs> when she worked in an off license, a wine store, two fellas came in to hold up the store. And calm as a cucumber, she said, the safe's round the back, I'll go and get you the key. <laughs> and she came and she came out with the brush and battered them. <gasps> yeah. well, they don't make them like that anymore. No, she was all over the papers. You know, oh she's outside uh, Ashen Nephew's wine store with her hands on her hips. <laughs> <laughs> Love Auntie Chris. So <laughs> up to the nines. <laughs> her big moment. So there was like, I grew up with women like that. Mm. You know, they're all very funny and they were quite dry. So I suppose I absorbed all that and yeah. that came out. You know, they were very handy. They had great expressions as well. Yeah. I remember watching Lily Savage on Big Breakfast and then seeing the Blankety Blank and all of the other shows and the costumes becoming yeah. more expensive, the cuts and designs going down that Chanel route with a little bit more brassy. I was interested in that process of working well, with stylists and how you were sort I, of building that silhouette. I always saw Satrice, you know, like as a person, more or less. I remember going to a jumble sale and finding an overall from B Jams. Remember B Jams? I think it became Iceland. It was like a low budget frozen food shop. <laughs> yes. And it was. <laughs> and I, I lived in that with a pair of capri pants as Lily and a headscarf. She'd just come from work, you see, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was totally accepted, so I didn't need feathers and all that. But then, of course, when after all this, she'd been on telly and what have you, I had to acknowledge Polish that. Up a bit. So she became, in her eyes, smarter. So I always thought she dressed a bit then like a, a money lender. 
you know, <laughs> you know, she'd have like the jacket on and the skirt and all that. It was a bit Dallas sort of veering towards. And then there used to be a wonderful shop where you could buy off cups of actual uh, designer fabric, like yes. Chanel fabric. They still have them in Berwick Street. Yeah, and there's a place in Edgware Road and all should... Yes, oh, Joel and Son, I've been it. there. I used to live in there. Yeah. And they'd say to me, you've got something for you, and it'd be a Chanel fabric. Yeah. And, of course, Martin had original 50s Chanel patterns. So Martin is who? Martin Taylor. Yeah. There was a guy who watched me when I was on telly in Australia and said, if you ever need anything making, let right. me know. And he was brilliant. The skirt would be a bit too short. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and the handbag would be fake. Mm. I'd have Versace on, it's yeah. spelt wrong. <laughs> so you were quite integral to Lily's style. It wasn't as if you had costume designers come in and say, No, I knew what this I wanted. Is for her. You yeah, knew what you yeah. wanted and you defined yeah. it. Now, Blank is Blank was a nightmare because that was two shows a day. So and we Brutal. did 175 or something. So it was 175 different costumes. So sometimes you're going out. <laughs> All manner. We were like pulling our hair out. What is she going to wear this week? I mean, she looked amazing. I mean, the kind of impact of that on-screen chemistry with the storytelling with this primetime TV show and then the audience. It's just this really polished look and it just got better and better and better. Yeah, you know, like I remember going into lace front wigs. All my Lily's wigs came from hair razors and and they were just nylon. I used to get two and then a bin liner was shoved in the middle to give the height and right. pinned on them and all the back combing and on. You could, I had two wigs, one up, one down. That was it. <laughs> uh, and they had to be tough because they were carried round in a bin liner. I mean, it's not glamorous. So we went into lace front, but I insisted it was the same nylon wigs, but they put a lace on and they were quite happy to do that. Yes. I remember putting a lace wig in and you glue it down and it looked actually looked like it was growing. I was fascinated looking in the mirror going, oh my God. <laughs> This is a whole new thing, this. Yeah. And do you still have these wigs? Uh, I gave a lot of them away. Yeah. I heard yeah. you gave one to the V&A, which is quite oh, a the V&A honor. came down and, of course, we took them down to the store. I'd forgotten, like, what costumes are in there. It's been mm. so long. And I'm looking at all this fabulous stuff. And the one costume that they wanted was Miss Hannigan's from when I was Miss Hannigan right. and Annie. Yeah. Because they're doing a section about musicals in October. So... And I've still got the whistle and Miss Hannigan's boots and the wig and everything. So that went off. And I think they took one of the Wicked Queen costumes. And where are the rest of Lily's whole wardrobe? Where would that live now? All in a big storage. So you still got it? I've still got it, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, that would be fun to have a look at some okay, of those pieces. But, oh, uh, yeah, there's some amazing stuff in there. Because I think from a female empowerment perspective, we spoke about it earlier, but that way of like that silhouette with the 90s shoulder pad, that power woman, that dynasty Dallas kind of nod, it was really significant at the time and you just pushed it that bit further. But if we're going back to like the 70s, before we go more into Lily, just looking at the style for you, obviously maybe you know, like stepping out, maybe fashion. And, in the and 70s. In the 70s, oh, but obviously a bit on a budget as well yeah. and maybe there was a bit of a nod to a mod and you were probably going into between London and Birkenhead so what was the vibe were you wearing a lot of flares and wide collars and lots of hair what did well in the like? early days it was short hair you go to Burton's and you could have a tailor made suit and you paid HP you know, back you in the day you back. could get a tailor made suit yeah we all did we went down to Burton's in Grange Road it wasn't a lot but you put a deposit down and then you paid every week for your suit. Yeah. Wow. And they were sort of... do that now. Like a little box suit jacket, you know, in two-tone fabric, that was the fashion. Parallel trousers with turnips. And then you'd wear a Ben Sherman, which I still love, gingham shirt, with a Barathea blazer and beautiful shoes that were called Como Brogues and they were oxblood. 
Oh, and wow. I love oxblood shoes. And with a little handkerchief and dead smart. And we were called suede heads because it wasn't skinhead, but the hair was cut really short and they drew a little like part in there for you. Yeah, and, and then, yet that was your look. You were doing that. We were all doing that at school. Yeah, we'd all step out, you know, go to New Brighton, think we're fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> and then I veered more so as I let my hair grow. And I've got quite if I let it grow, it's wild and curly. Yeah. So I had this mane of red hair. And it was uh, at the time of T-Rex. So it was army great coats nice. and things like that. And then it became loons. Do you remember? No. You, no. Well, loons? loons with trousers, denim trousers, sprayed on, ah. like with a huge flare. And on top of that, you wore like a denim shirt jacket. Nice. And it had embroidery on it, you know, with a mushroom, a bit psychedelic, you know, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. All lovely. Uh, and, but and were you clubbing in that time? Oh, really? God, I was never in. Everything was super small and tight. Jesus, and I get on the train as I go to Liverpool to meet Vera to James Street. <laughs> Me and my Vera's got a long blonde hair, John Lennon glasses, <laughs> a cap sleeve T-shirt that was far too small and a pair of flares all ripped at the bottom with flip-flops. This is in November. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> And off we'd go, clubbing it, yeah. painting the town red, which we did frequently. So music and fashion really defined your style? Like, yeah, I was heavily into T-Rex in the early yeah. days. I mean, I've still got all my singles, like Fifth Dimension, Wedding Bell Blues, I'm crazy for. But I was also crazy for the blues as well and stuff like that. Right. I remember people say, who are you listening to? I'd say, Bessie Smith. They go, the old Bessie that? Smith. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know you've got the right key for the wrong keyhole. I was 15. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it. there was the skinhead music, like Return of the Django, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And reggae, I was always mad on. We were always mad on reggae. Always, always first up and that came on. Better Bob Marley or something. Yeah, definitely. And so it was. I had really varied tastes mm. in music. And then I'd like the odd show tune people think i love musicals there's about five i like the rest i can't stand you couldn't get me to sit through brigadoon or, or, or carousel or anything i like gypsy sweet charity gray gardens south pacific yeah i love south pacific yeah, always love musical when yeah. she says please come back and meet i'm influenced Every <laughs> went time. to see it in broadway and she's doing the whole scene, you know, and he goes off to fight the Japanese. Andre's like looking at me in horror because I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm in a proper boohoo. Yeah. I mean, I've known you for a long time and I just remember so much about just, without being too fussy about it, just how well dressed you always are. I and mean, whether it's a three piece suit or a fine piece of cashmere, exquisite shoes, lovely suede coats, you've always embraced investing in beautiful pieces. And I'm just interested where that headspace, that understanding and knowledge of craftsmanship comes from and why why we would prioritise spending money on clothes. I always liked clothes when I was a kid. I remember, God, the about, I must have been nine or ten, seeing a drama on the telly. And the next day I came downstairs with a polar neck on, with a shirt over it. And my mother said, oh, my God, I never knew I gave Bert an old coward. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? This is what they were like, full of it. So, of course, I went back upstairs and took it off. Because mm. I was mad on the Avengers and still is. I remember buying in a bike shop. It was a black pearl in it, but this bit was leather. It was like a leather pearl. Oh, yes, in the 70s. I used to wear that. My father had one of those. God, I lived in it. You know, I thought it was Emma Peel in this thing. And then, of course, there was not a lot of money about it. So you couldn't, apart from me, bait and soup, you paid once a week. But we always, you could get stuff in the market, you know what I mean? You make it look nice. I always liked clothes. And then, of course, 
when I did eventually start to earn some decent money, I'd have suits made. And, and where would you go for that? Well, the best for me is Chris Kerr in Berwick Street. It's all about the cutting for me. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, this is terrible, this. I'm ashamed to admit this. I've had pyjamas made in Charvet in Paris. Oh. Yeah. That's and very decadent. It I, really is. I know. And I've had the same made in Nietzsche in uh, Vienna. <laughs> oh. Because you go in this shop and it's where they used to make Dietrich's fricks, as they call them, mm. uh, DJs and tails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, my dinner suit, normally when I've been out, you know, wear it for a function, I'm hammered when I come home. And, <laughs> and, and this thing is like ripped off me. I'm flung in a ball somewhere and never seen again until the next time it comes for a, <laughs> one of out. these awards. Yeah. And I'm going, oh my God. And the right show was always covered in makeup, you know, where coming hugging and kissing and all this. <laughs> so I thought, I'm going to go over and get a proper one made and I'll get it made by them. It's an arm and a leg, all this mm-hmm. for something. And I hate, I look like a waiter in a DJ. I mean, I really do. Mm. I used to have one with beautiful pleated trousers, you know, and the, and the waistcoat and everything. And I wore it on the Orient Express. Oh, my God, you couldn't touch me. But you saw <laughs> tall as well, and that's why you look good sheet. in those tailored Well, this pieces. is why I hate this fashion at the moment with suits, because they have these short jackets, bum mm. freezers, we used to call them. <laughs> They're all right if you're like, built like a little tank and stocky and small, but if you're tall and lanky with long legs, you look like somebody's put a suit on a giraffe, and it just <laughs> looks terrible. And so I don't tend to go with fashion trends. I've made huge mistakes. When I was in Singapore, there's a wonderful shop and there was a beautiful jacket by a Japanese designer with sort of white applique down the shoulders. Mm. I thought, I'll wear this for the National Telly Awards. Yeah. And when I looked at myself on the telly, I thought, it looks like a seagull <laughs> all over me. <laughs> <laughs> And it went in the wardrobe, never came out <laughs> never again. Came back. And it cost me a fortune. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of shoes. I always wear boots, mm. you know, all the time. So I have to wear shoes with a suit. So I've probably got two pairs of shoes. But when you suits. when you'd go travelling and pick up pieces on your travels, like who would you be with? Where would you go and buy pieces? Well, at China, Shanghai, Tang. Yes. I love the Mandarin collar look. It seems you're quite particular with style. That if it's a look, you and have don't to like do it fussy. properly. Yeah, this is the other. I can't be bothered. You've got some tales of like hanging out with Scylla and going shopping together because she also liked buying designer oh, pieces. Yeah, and did. So give us a little bit of flavour. She had of a that. really good stylist, Stephen Adden at Scylla, and he knew what she liked. I remember once she had a beautiful pink suit and she said, Do you like this? I said, It's lovely. It was a really soft pink, you know, really nice jacket and skirt. I'm keen on pink. You know what I'm saying? But Scylla, it looks lovely. Clashes with my hair. So it doesn't clash with my hair. And, <laughs> and I think because she wore it quite a lot then. After that, yes. I think because somebody said to her, you know, that's really lovely. We were on Madison, we were going to Gucci. I'd seen this coat in the window. It was a sheepskin coat. Fabulous. It was almost full length. It was mm. like something Marlene Dietrich could wear. <laughs> I said to her, look at that coat. Let's go in. So we go in, try it on. It's a fortune. So I said to the guy, what will you do for cash? <laughs> <laughs> Literally licking out the notes. That. Yeah, what will you do for cash, love? Mm. And he went, where's the manager? She'd leave this to me. So I got a fortune knocked off it for cash. How brilliant. So she was a good haggler. Oh, still is a proper Liverpool Scotty market. <laughs> yeah, Scotty Road market girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so define your style in three words. Uncomplicated. Yeah. God, I don't know. Uncomplicated. Tailored. Tailored, Sunders. yeah. Tailored. I like tailored, yeah. 
and it got comfortable, I'm afraid. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Comfort's good. Yeah. So, I mean, I've never wore tracky bottoms in my life. Not until even during lockdown? The last three years. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> God, I love them. You're like me. I never wear tracksuits, no, even never. at home. And then no. I started wearing no, you're them beautifully when dressed, lockdown came. We came out of lockdown yeah. and I started wearing them with high heels and blazers when I was going out. Fabulous. So I was the antithesis of... Yeah. Wearing sportswear. Well, I was in filming in India and I'd had enough. We were in Delhi with the heat and I had a pair of tracky bottoms on, an old grey T-shirt and I lived in it. Yes. Well, I'm working with elephants and stuff and wild dogs, yeah. you know, and the street dogs. You can't be dolled up. No, you can't. I know it's on telly, but even so. So tell me, who's your biggest style? Patrick McNee, John Steed from The Avengers. Still to this day? Still to this day. I got really annoyed, you know, because I started having suits made, half velvet collar. You know, there, yes. which is lovely. Yeah. So I'd have made one in grey, one in blue, a couple in black, and some of the waistcoats, some weren't. Mm. And all of a sudden, I noticed like these rotten presenters on telly wearing suits with half velvet collar. I thought, do you know what you're dealing with? <laughs> <laughs> do you know you're dealing with? Because, you know, I'm slightly on the cusp here. <laughs> I could go for your throat at any minute in the ICV canteen. In the canteen. Yeah, smack it. I mean, I was. I like that look. And I do like a whiff of the 60s as well. I always wear boots. Yeah, always. so Chelsea boots you like? I'm not fussy on shoes. No. I'm, no, I can't be bothered. I find a pair of shoes I like and I live in them. I've got a pair of Alexander McQueen boots. And the famous with crew, they're called the Red Boots. Because for me, Oxblood, sort yes. of craving, they were brown originally, but Oxblood polished polish them up. They've been through Africa, through India, through Borneo, through Bassasy right. Dog Zone. Oh, my God, and those they, boots could tell a few as stories. as good yes. as new. Yes. Yeah, so it's worth shelling out. As my mum used to say, it's worth paying a good money on two things, a bet, and a pair of shoes, because when you're not in one, you're in the other. Ah, well, exactly. I love that. That's great yeah. advice. That's true. So what bit of style advice would you give to anyone? Maybe it's that. Spend some money on the on investment pieces. Yeah, buy stuff that's going to last. If you've got the money, that is. You know, mm. if you can afford it, then for the first thing is you go in a shop and you see a really nice sweater for the most ridiculous price. And you say to the little snot who's working there, <laughs> you say, excuse me, I was behaved badly. I turn into the nan. Can you wash this? <laughs> And he goes, oh, I'm not quite sure. I'll have a look at the label. No, dry clean only. I said, what bloody soft fool decided to put a jumper with dry clean only on it when you can throw it in the sink in cold water? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. 750 quid for that. And I quite enjoy It's like going in a pound shop and saying, how much is that, love? Mm. How much is this? <laughs> a pound. How much is that? A pound. <laughs> Everything's a pound. We're a pound shop. So I'd say, really, invest. Save up if you can mm. and buy something you really like that's expensive, but also look after it. That's yeah. the secret. So if you've got yes. a really nice sweater, put them in a freezer bag because the moths love a bit of cashmere, I as do. I know. You know, I've got sweaters that now look like lace. And look after your stuff. I really do. My suits and all that are always hung up and looked after. Okay. So good stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like buying an antique, say. Instead of buying the fake. Buy the real thing. Buy the and real look thing. After it and look last after a it. Yeah. You know, and if you look after your clothes, they will last. So what wardrobe item could you not live without? <gasps> this, funny enough. Bell stuff. Because ah. it's waterproof. It can be warm. It can be cool. If and you ride bikes as well. And you actually came on a bike, so that's perfect. Bell well, stuff I've got my bell staff leather jacket, right. which, I mean, I have to have the energy to wear it because it's so heavy. Mm. You put it on your knees buckle, <laughs> uh, you know, and like, get it zipped up to then you're like this. But it's fabulous. 
Yes. But that's, I've had that. Yeah. Do you know, I've got a Ben Sherman T-shirt I've had for about 40 years. I can't chuck out. Yeah. Because I go, mm, I wore that and so and so. And so I remember, you get sentimental about I'm things terrible. as well. I get sentimental over a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have terrible regrets when I leave. For God's sake. <laughs> it's shocking I mean you yeah. know so for me and the dogs it's a nice, It's like putting a heavy booze in and an off licence over lice and saying yeah. you can touch but you can't drink or right. take home because it's pure hell for me so there's lots of clothes I mean during lockdown I had a real good clip I had over 90 suits from the chat show days Wow. wow. Some designer Prada, all this, some bespoke I kept. Yes. And uh, I took them to the Salvation Army because they do a service called Suited and Booted. Mm. And if the homeless are going for an interview, they've got a nice yeah. suit to yes. wear. It's so like a... Smartworks. There's a female version of that as well. That's right, yeah. And it's clothing. really good, you yes. know. So I took a load of shoes, tons of ties. I always wear the same tie. It's an Alexander McQueen with the skulls on it. Mm. But a black one, a blue one, a red one. That's your lot. Yeah. That gets put on with the suit. So everything went, but I got a bit over-enthusiastic. <laughs> I found myself with about four items of clothing left. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a few quick-fire questions. Yeah. Wellies or brogues? Uh, wellies, yeah. Cufflink or typing? Cufflinks. Velvet or suede? Velvet. Leather or latex? Oh, leather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used to, when I was doing Lily, me and Bob down for the Edinburgh Festival, it just come out, we did Batman and Catwoman. Yes. And he was the 1960s Adam West Batman. Hey, you are my hair on her head, Miss Kitka. And I got the Michelle Pfeiffer thing made. Oh, full latex. Yeah, and it was a nightmare to get on. They had to cover me in chip fast, you know, <laughs> and I have to lie on the floor. And underneath it was a false body. Wow, I yeah. can imagine. So fragrance or no scent? I'm funny there, really. Working with wild animals, no scent at all. Not even a scent of deodorant or a scent of shampoo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nothing, because okay. they want to smell your smell. I like molecule, because really mm. I have no idea what it smells like, yeah. because I can't smell it. Yeah, it so reacts with your I could be smelling like a tart at a christening. I have no idea. <laughs> because I've got a lousy sense of smell anyway. Right. And I'll tell you the other one I like. It's called Odie Soup. And there's a shop in Paris called Caron. Which yes. Is uh, yes. Oh, amazing. And I'll go in and I'll sniff everything. And like the Champs-Élysées, the uh, Guerlain shop there. You go in and go, oh, my Delicious. God. Yes, old These are supposed sense. to be quick fire. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Tailored or casual? Uh, both, really. Yeah, when I'm down in the countryside, my stylist would be Wurzel Gummidge <laughs> because it's whatever's on the bedroom floor. Really? You really don't care? Don't just care. Like Let's, I used to. And now I'll slop into Waitrose looking like... Yeah, and people look at me and go, I've got straw on me and everything. Hairs <laughs> on ends. And during lockdown, it went long again yeah. and I didn't care just didn't care and it's a real joy if you were a racehorse what do you think you'd be called oh god fell at the first fence oh, <laughs> oh. either fell at the first fence or won't come out the stable <laughs> okay. unless you cross his hoof with silver <laughs> Paul do you like dressing up for occasions What's your favourite occasion? Like a good wedding? Oh, I eat weddings. Ascot, I like funerals because I suit black and you don't have to buy a presence. You don't have to pose for photos. You can get very drunk <laughs> and you can cry your eyes out and nobody minds. <laughs> I went to a fabulous funeral in New Orleans, a jazz funeral. Oh, God, it was wonderful. We all howled like wolves going through the streets behind the coffin with the jazz bang on. And then coming back, it was... That's the way to celebrate, But I do like, yeah, I do. I like to wear... It's a nightmare getting it on. I mean, they just are a proper DJ. 
Yes. A, a frick, as the Viennese say. Yes. I like to wear that with all the accessories, the little studs, the proper bow tie, the cufflinks, the lot. And the morning suit's nice. When I got my MBA, I've got beautiful morning suits. Did you have to wear a top hat with that as well? I tend to dodge hats. Right, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you're not a hat person? No, not really. What put me off top hats was being in Chissy Chissy Bang Bang for six months in the West End as a child catcher. Because this top hat, <laughs> I hate this hat. It was massive, I put it down. And I always have a permanent wedge behind my ears because of it. I used to when my face was faster, it's funny. But as I got older, my face got thinner. Lantern George, as me other would say. Yes. I don't really suit a hat anymore. I used to suit a trilby and all that. In yes. fact, I used to wear a lot of hats. But not now. But I forgot about me morning suits. I can wear that to Ascot. Yes. It's beautiful. Honestly, it's just beautiful. And it's got a pale pink. I hate pink, but a pale pink, which goes beautiful with grey yes. waistcoats. Works really yeah, well. It's just lovely. And who was that designed by? Was it a bespoke suit? It was Chris Kerr made it for me. Right. Yeah. And it's just really, really lovely. Because you feel better when you're old, you know, you've got the dog on when you're yes. all dolled up. You really do. But the thing is with me, I'm such a filthy person. I could get all dolled up, immaculate, <laughs> get in the taxi, and by the time I get out, I'm covered in food, fagash. I'm <laughs> 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 rotten, dog ears. I'm forever getting dog ears off myself. But yeah, dressing up, I think it's good for you to dress up, for men and women, yeah. or whatever. Just well, we look up. forward to seeing you at Ascot this oh, I'll be year. Do- oh, you'll miss me, be dolled up to the nines. <laughs> I've got a brilliant jazz pianist. Yes. I've got his tie pin. And the other tie pin I've got is a little devil and it's ancient. It's from the Hellfire Club. And Which is you, what? The Hellfire Club? The Hellfire Club is a really sort of sodden Gomorrah club for titled gentlemen would go into the, in these caves somewhere in Somerset and do all manner of terrible things, masses, and it's a little like imp and that's the tie pin. But I always lose them. I'm forever fiddling, you type in there, my cufflinks still on. You gave the cufflinks to Gaga? They were skulls with a ruby and, yeah, I gave them to Gaga. Because you liked them? Yeah, and I thought, you said you can have them. I'm never going to wear them, (laughs) you know what I mean? She's sweet Gaga, I'm so fond of her. Yeah, she's such a lovely woman, she really is. She's honourable as well, Gaga, and they're few and far between in the showbiz. And she is, she's a great girl, proper Italian. She's smashing, and the fans love her. I have them coming up to me, you know, little monsters. Have you spoke to Gaga? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw her this morning in the laundress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, I've spoke to Gaga. <laughs> like, but you get the odd card offer, little letter, because she came on the Tea Time show before yes. she became the massive star, and she always came in and rehearsed in the afternoon. And I said to her, "You should play the blues because she's a brilliant pianist." Yes. And she said, "I will when I'm older." And then she said, "Do you like the blues? I just love them." And that's it, you know, and we just sat chatting for ages. Mm. And she liked all the things I like. She loves yeah. burlesque and stuff mm. like that, mm. you know. And so she's a, a style connection. icon, the stuff she wears. Mm. I mean, going out dressed at to toe in meat. No, that was quite a fabulous moment. <laughs> I was moment. considering it with corned beef, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was or two, spam. Yeah, you know, two tins of corned beef. I was going to put Andy, if you got, you know, a bit, a bit hungry. <laughs> Did you say you like horses? I do like horses. And funny enough, when I was a kid in Ireland, spent a lot of time in Ireland. They weren't racing horses, they were work horses and donkeys as well. And I always got on well with them. I'm a bit wary on a horse. I think it was Superman put me off. I'm just a little bit wary, that's all. But I was filming with these huge horses that pull logs. And there was a blonde one. 
like the blonde mane, the start of the stables, obviously. <laughs> you know, like real, like Garbo. And we just fell in love with each other. And yeah. she said, I've never seen him like this. There's only one else. Oh, wow. Yeah, just... I mean, you're like that with all animals. Oh, God. We, yes. we, he had his head on my shoulder and he was like, and I'm humming. And he's falling asleep. I'm going to stop. Just, you know, do it oh, again. Beautiful. So I do like horses. Yes. And Frankie de Torre is a great friend of mine. Yes. And a star of Royal Ascot, of course. Oh, Frankie. Yes. Oh, he's I, won. yeah. How many oh, times? God, yeah. Times, yeah. I remember saying to him, do you ever do Folkestone Racecourse, Flanky? And he, like, looked at me. Hardly. <laughs> 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 it's like saying to, like, Marco Pierre, why, do you ever do work at McDonald's, Marco? <laughs> yes. Hasn't he tempted you to ride with him? No. The last time I rode a horse properly was in Australia when we were up in the Daintree, you know, and you could take a horse house on the beach. And as a kid, I was always on a horse, on the donkey anyway. No saddle, grab hold of its mane. And this, this maniac donkey, I'm surprised I'm alive, <laughs> with our mooring on the back hanging onto me. <laughs> and off we go across the field. So I think they're magnificent creatures. I love them. And mm. um, I tell you, what, last time we went to us, I love the atmosphere. Casilla said, where have you been? Because I went wandering off. Yes. And I was chatting to all sorts, you know. Well, that's the fun thing. You meet people from well, this so is many it. different cultures and, you, and This classes. is it, you it's do, incredible. you know, and like, um, say to somebody, I like your ass. You know, and they go, do you? But, and you know all the bookies and all that. Yes. It's just, I, I, yeah, I did. Maybe I'll go in a helicopter this time. Oh, oh motorbike. Aye, I could, yeah. Oh, I say I never thought of that and go on the back of the bike. Yeah. Hold on to your hat. Hold on to See, your hat. See, the thing is, once you start going on helicopters and all this thing... You don't go back. It's no. like Scylla said to me, she said, never, ever turn right on a plane, pole." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I just I didn't know what she was on about, because right's economy. Yes. Isn't it? And left is yes. first class. But at the same time, you think, the price of it. So for like an internal flight round Europe... The back in economy, I'm paying them prices. Yeah, you're only up in the air for an but hour. It kills and a half. me. Yeah. I sit in the back there, like scrunched up in economy, <laughs> knowing that up front, lying down, <laughs> eating a meal in pajamas. <laughs> uh, put a curse on them. Get a curse on the laddie. <laughs> Ruins me holiday. And again, for Ascot, you know, you put the dog on. I do like dressing up, but not all the time. I couldn't no. get up in the morning. <laughs> and put all that on every well, there's day. there's no fun in it anymore. Do you know what gets me about clothes and all this and style and what have you? It's all about individual taste. Exactly. Mm. And you shouldn't really be dictated by fashion or fashion magazines mm. or anything. Mm -hmm. It's what suits you and what you yes. like. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what other people think, really. That's understanding your own style and feeling confident in it because but I it, think whatever you wear, it comes out your own But I have to be comfort. honest, though. You know these, like, very posh men's clothes shops? Yeah. I'll go in them if I'm scruffy. I have really? to get. No, I have to get. Do you feel dog. intimidated? Oh, terrible. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The doorman can intimidate me. <laughs> <laughs> so you get doled up to go in. I have to get doled yeah. up seriously to go in. Yeah, I wouldn't go in otherwise. I'm over that now. But I used to be really bad in restaurants. I read something as well, just in regards to this spending that amount of money on clothing and possibly where you had this working class kind of heritage in that way of actually always thinking that you're living the next month. Have I actually got enough money to well, pay this for this? Is it. You always think poverty is just around the corner. You see, yes. you know the. Wolf's just waiting to pounce on the door. It's an exacting teacher. I was taught well in the early days. We weren't destitute by any means, but there was just enough. You know, we didn't have a car and we didn't know anyone who had a car. I mean, nobody had a car, you know. I mean, my auntie Anna had an outside toilet. <laughs> she did. Uh, <laughs> so you never really leave that. You know, I look at things and I think, oh, 
I could buy milk for an orangutan for the price of that. <laughs> or, or, you know, my kids in South Africa there because I'm a patron of Save the Children. I could do this, that and the other for that. So I don't buy it. No. Because I have this, it's a mixture of working class and I think Catholic guilt. Yes. yes. It's hard to shake off that you think, I can't pay that for this. Yeah. And I'm quite vocal. I mean, but then you do, and you buy pieces, and they last forever. Yeah, but that'd be very rare for spend a fortune on some an absolute. I mean, I can't go with the gilts. I've never been in Harvey Nicks, and neither is Amanda Monk. It was my <laughs> stylist for the tea time show from a trip day trip to Harvey Nicks. So we sweep into the men's departments, and I'm looking at this pair of jeans that are ripped, burnt. Got a big hole in them, covered in chains, for a couple of grand. And I said to the are you having a fire sale? <laughs> and he said, oh, no, it's uh, so, 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 and so. I said, but they're all full of holes. I said, <laughs> and Amanda's squirming yeah. behind me. And I tried this beautiful jacket on, but across the back, they'd ripped it. They had a big mm. slash. It I, does feel like the emperor's new clothes, doesn't it? Completely. Sometimes? And I think sometimes it takes somebody to go in and say, this has been a beautiful jacket. And the, the designer said, we'll have to just slash it down the back. Yes. I said, every time you wear this, people will say, do you know your jacket's ripped? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm the just same. Even you know. working in the fashion industry, if I ever walked out, in, I was in the house of my mother, in something like that, she'd be like, do you know it's got a big hole in it? No, I'll no. sew it up for you and whatever. And things like that, because she doesn't get it. No, it really doesn't be get the it. And same. it's not necessary in that way as well. It's just ridiculous. It's yeah. ludicrous. You then know, it's just a trend which is going to phase out within six well, months. Exactly. You know, and you look at some clothes now and you think, that's ridiculous. Yes. I'm really, so, I don't care. You can't call it high fashion. You look a fool. <laughs> An absolute Total fool. There's a young designer called Edward Crutchley. Do you yes, know him? Yes, I do. His last collection, it was inspired by Lily Savage. I saw it, yeah. I was delighted about all these models with a headscarf on and a face. And yeah. you think, oh, wonderful. The old, <laughs> the old girl's still got an influence. <laughs> <laughs> she certainly has. We love her. And we love you dearly. Thank you for being such a brilliant, colourful guest. Well, thanks for that, man. I'm on my way now to the dentist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good luck. So this wasn't like pulling teeth, was it? It's quite enjoyable. No, quite lovely. Yeah, very. No, it was. It was nice. <laughs> had a nice uh, time. Yeah. And we can't wait to see you at the Royal Meet. Thanks so much for listening and please remember, if you enjoyed joining us, you can subscribe so you don't miss the next one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts.